the question I started asking myself, what makes me happy? And what is it that I am passionate about? And how do I bring all of these things together? And it's not to say that servicing my community doesn't make me happy, but it, it wore me out. And it was something that I had done for so long that I'm like, I need a pause. Like I need to press pause. And so my values are really rooted in my faith, my self-care, and now having creative impact. And I think that's where the community impact started to evolve. I was missing the thing that I was most passionate about, and it was the ability to be creative. Welcome to You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. You are ambitious in life and in your career, but something is missing. You want to bring more of your passion to what you do, because let's be honest, you pour a ton into your work and it needs to mean more. I'm your host, Laura Eigel. I'm a mom, wife, PhD, coach, advocate, introvert, and indoor rowing fanatic. I'm passionate about living a life that's in line with my values. We'll give you the actionable tips and tools you need to lead with your values, make a difference, and have career success. The world needs more diversity and authenticity in the top jobs at organizations. Your leadership belongs there. You belong in the C-suite. One of my favorite things is to get direct messages on LinkedIn from female executives. They reach out to me directly, maybe on a not so great day after back-to-back meetings or being triple booked after a day ruled by things not moving the needle. And they think, what are we even accomplishing here? I don't feel like I'm making an impact. They reach out to connect because they want a safe space to figure out what's next for their career. Because right now in their role, they know it doesn't feel right. Something is misaligned. They know it in their gut and they've made a pivotal decision. And that's why this is one of my favorite things because these leaders are ready to be intentional and strategic in their career. That feeling might sound similar to you. You might be watching others get promoted seeing other people ascend to positions that are well beyond their skill set and you feel frustrated and maybe not valued i want to tell you that you can step into larger higher paying roles while having boundaries you never even thought were possible how would it feel to walk into your work week knowing that you have a list of challenging things ahead of you that you have more control over your day you know you might be shocked how calm and centered and focused that you feel The opportunities are coming your way and there's no part of you that's hesitating to consider them. I want you to get more strategic in your career, to figure out that next step, to land that promotion that you want, to feel like you are in charge of your week, to set the standard for how you work and how you show up. I know that you're ready. You're ready now. Join me and other high achieving women in the six month group coaching cohort. Apply now at thecatchgroup.com slash group coaching. That's thecatchgroup.com slash group coaching. Learn more and apply today for the You Belong in the C-Suite group coaching program. Welcome to this week's episode of the You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. I'm thrilled to welcome our guest, Alicia Ray. On the podcast today. Alicia Ray is a highly sought after leader in the global marketing industry. From driving records and business development to delivering exemplary products, 
Her track record extends from AT&T to Twitter, spanning print, radio, and digital platforms. Beyond her expertise with both startups and Fortune 500 companies, she's also founded an organization to amplify Black-owned Long Island-based brands and their founders. Currently, Alicia is the Senior Director of Product Marketing. Before this role, she was the lead global product marketing manager for Twitter, leading a team of managers who delivered ad products to the market. Before Twitter, she was the Senior Manager of Product Commercialization and Strategy for Freewheel, leading a go-to-market strategy for their media and monetization business. Her professional experience extends to include being a product marketing manager at AT&T, a web content producer for Cox Media, and an adjunct instructor for Long Island University. She brings transformative thinking and surpasses customers' expectations to build a positive long-term experience around any product or service. In addition to Alicia's contributions to the ad tech industry, she is an accomplished artist who has shared her body of work with many viewers across the world. Alicia is reminded of the May Jemison quote, to never be limited by other people's limited imaginations. Already overcoming many adversities, Alicia intends to transcend beyond the limits. She's also a featured guest speaker at several events from the United Nations Resolve Conference, Urban League's Jobs Network Forum, AdTech, AT&T STEM Forum, and a host of career development programs. She is a member of the Advertising Club of New York and Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority. Additionally, she was recently featured on AdMonsters, AdWeek.com, TheGrio.com, Afrotech.com, recognized as one of the top 25 women in marketing and women of influence by the Urban League and for her contributions to the community by a New York state senator. Alicia holds a Master's of Arts degree in Interactive Media Arts from Long Island University and a bachelor's degree in studio art and graphic design from Florida State University. Alicia resides on Long Island with her husband and puppy. I have known Alicia for over two years now. We were introduced by a mutual colleague and we started working together in one-on-one coaching. And now she's also a participant in the You Belong in the C-Suite group coaching program. I'm honored to know her and to be an observer of her life and career over the last two years, and I knew you needed to hear her career story and the evolution of her values. In our conversation, we talked about her nonlinear career in media. We also talked about her values, how those have evolved, and how she uses them to make decisions in the everyday and how she uses them strategically in her role. We talked about how she decided to prioritize her own development and how she knew when she was ready to do that. We also discussed some of the mindset shifts that she's made throughout her self-development journey and how that has impact what she now says yes to, and more importantly, what she says no to. We also talked a lot about how she is her own advocate above anyone else. I'm so excited for you to hear our conversation. Let's get started. Well, I want to welcome you to the You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. I am so happy that we are having this conversation today, Alicia. Likewise. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I I feel like this conversation on the podcast is like years in the making. 
That is true. I actually feel very honored. Hmm. I'm so happy that you're here and it's a pleasure to extend the invitation. So I know you very well because we've been working together, but I want you to tell our lovely listeners all about you. So tell me more about life and career. Sure. Um, Life and career. Where do I start? I feel like the last probably decade or so has been very interesting in a very good way. Um, So based out of New York, grew up in South Florida, you know, have the typical New Yorker story. We had $75 in the bag and kind of moved here to New York to figure things out. Um, but I've spent um, my my life and my career really at the intersection of things that actually made me happy, um, which is media, technology, and entertainment. So it's been a really interesting journey. Um, I'd like to think of myself as someone who spent a lot of time um, in all aspects of media, entertainment, and technology. I started out my career in newspaper, and it's interesting, all of these moments have been at the intersection of traditional media um, and entertainment experiences, really thinking through how does technology change the way companies make money, right? So I started a newspaper at a time where they're like, how do we put this paper on the internet and make money off of it? And then from there, I went into radio again, how do we take this analog tool and figure out what it means online through an online experience. And then I went into TV um, where a lot of my time was spent exploring how does like linear traditional cable TV um, make its way on the internet? Again, what does that monetization look like? And then I kind of pivoted from there and went into kind of more of a specific technology space. So working within social. Um, so that was exciting. And then I had a major career shift this year where I pivoted to commercial real estate, which is completely different from what I've done, um, but it's exciting. And I'm also an artist. So I do spend a lot of my time um, exploring fine arts. I paint and draw um, typically in acrylic and oil paints. And that is how I spend my time. Unfortunately, though, I only paint or do a new body of work when something catastrophic in this world happens. So I spent a lot of time painting in 2020 um, and I've been trying to find some inspiration since. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have had all of these experiences um, and they certainly have, you know, essentially shaped the person that I'm becoming, if you if you may. Um, so that's been really exciting. So tell me about growing up. What? How do you go from like, I, I just love the, there, there's just like so much to you, the creative side, the non-traditional past. Like how did you set yourself up to even get into what you were doing? What were you interested in as a kid? And what did you, what did you study? What did you love? What were those like favorite classes and the ones that you didn't like so much? Yeah. Well, look, I can't take all the credit. I'm very fortunate to have parents that actually paid attention and accepted the truth about who I am and who I was going to become. I do remember as early as six years old, I think about second grade, um, I would light up when it was time for art class. And so I, I remember my my second grade art teacher, Miss Powell, um, she gave us an assignment to do a paper mache fish. And I put my heart and soul into that fish. And I believe she pulled my mom aside and she was like, look, this child has a rare talent. We should figure out a way to nurture it. Um, and if anyone knows my mom, she talks to anything that would talk back to her. And so she started to become one of my biggest advocates. So I had fortunately enough had a fine arts education experience 
as early as six years old. Um, I went to a magnet middle school where I had, I spent two or three hours doing fine arts each day. Um, and then from there, I went to a fine arts high school where I had a concentration in design and studio art. So it was years in the making. And my mom recognized that I was not going to be the scientist, the nurse, the doctor, the teacher, tradition. I come, I'm so I'm also from the West Indies, was born in Jamaica. And that is the, the, the career path, right? You're either going to be a, a nurse, a doctor, a teacher, or a lawyer. My mom recognized very early that that was not going to be my path and really nurtured the arts and, and really made sure that I had what I needed to be successful. Um, and so from there, I went on to college and kind of pursued that experience. But as a child, numbers scared me. Even just reading was so difficult for me. It was just not things that excited me. But when it when it came on to doing the arts, I would even collect junk from the, the train station in South Florida on my way to school in high school. And I would collect the things in my house. And my mom would come in like, this is disgusting. You should clean your room. I'm like, no, it's art. It's like, what is this? But those experiences really helped me to also accept the fact that I'm a very curious person. And I think that has also helped me um, in my career, just really always peeking behind the curtain, trying to figure out how things work, how they came to existence, and really looking at things in a very different way. And that was something I had to accept about myself. I was never going to be like my peers. I was never going to be the A student in math, but I really killed it in, in, in art. Um, and I'm really good with my hands. Uh, sometimes when we have to get things done around the house, my husband's like, well, she's got it. You know, she's good with her hands. And I'm like, yep. It's all me. I'm the handy person as well. So those moments have really um, shaped, again, my experiences and just the things that I'm passionate about today. I love that your mom was one of your biggest advocates. I think that is not something that we that is so easily seen because I I mean, myself as a parent, I, I see my kids as individuals, but you also have like these um, expectations and dreams for them. Right. And it's yeah. like, what are they good at? How do you reconcile that with what you want for them and what you think? And I think it's so great that she was able to see that and nurture that in you because not all would do that, but that's amazing that that's part of your experience. So, so you have kind of had this very non-traditional path in terms of kind of career help, help walk me through that. How do you um, was it something that it was, um, on accident? Was it something that was very purposeful? How have you followed kind of this energy as you've grown your career in the, in the different spaces that you've been in, um, within all of these different places in media? Yeah. None of it was planned. <laughs> Everything happened by accident. Um, I'm, I'm a very fortunate person. And I don't take that for granted. Um, look, I, very early on, and again, going back to my mom, who's played such an integral role in just my development and my experiences, she was the mom that would literally push you off the diving board, and that this was like a true story, and then would tell you to swim. And so for me, I'm a big proponent of taking chances. I'm always betting on myself whether or not I feel comfortable about what lies ahead or what the outcomes might actually be. And I think I attribute that to this idea of always being open to the possibilities. And so as I think about my career and exploring the world of newspaper um, and then going to radio and then going into TV and then going into social, I've just always been open. And I think that's been the biggest unlock for me personally, just not always trying to have figure, uh, things figured out, whether 
Um, one may believe that or not, because I'm also very methodical in some areas of my life where I need to know everything, um, largely rooted um, in this idea of anxiety. But there's another aspect of me that is just like, well, what's the worst that can happen? And so I'm always betting on myself, always willing to take a chance, largely because I was forced to as a kid. Like there was no, I can't do this. It was like, well, let's try and see and then pivot from there. Um, and so my career has is essentially taken the same shape. I've never had the same job at the, you know, across the board. There were times where I was a graphic designer and that's something I studied in school, but then hated writing and then ended up becoming a content producer. Um, and then from there doing photography at Jones Beach and getting trampled at events, which was fun at the time when I was in my 20s, not something I would do now. But then moving into product marketing, right, and really helping companies define how they want to go to market, how do they want to make connections with their audiences, um, but then using some of those design skills to help bring that to life. So I, I think a lot of my experiences have, have come together um, and my my willingness to be open, I think, has been the biggest thing to help me make progress. And that's something I often tell people who are curious about like you know you have a lot of young people coming behind and they're like well how did you do this how did you make it into this space and like literally just be open to the possibilities um which is how I ended up in commercial real estate literally through LinkedIn conversations like what do you think about commercial real estate I'm like well what is there to think about commercial real estate and then after having a few conversations there was this light bulb moment like oh this could actually be interesting um and so that's I think that the biggest takeaway is just being open to the possibilities and not limiting yourself based on what you think you know or don't know. Yeah. And I, um, I love that about you. I feel like I've gotten to know you over the last couple of years and I have seen you do this. It's like, I follow you on LinkedIn. And I'm like, Oh, there she is ringing the bell at the New York stock exchange. Oh, there's so random. <laughs> oh, there she is, you know, being listed in this, you know, most influential people, to watch in this space or in that space, or in just the experiences that you are, that you open yourself up to being a speaker at different conferences in the tech space, like all of those things. Um, it feels like you've, um, said yes to things, but you've, but since we work together also, you've also said no to some stuff. So tell yeah. me about, yeah. So let, let's talk about some of that. Like it, it feels like, your career, you figured out what to say yes to and kind of what to say no to. So tell me more about that. What, what of the, what's the differences between the yeses and the nos? Oh, uh, the yeses and the nos. That's a, that's a daily struggle. I feel like I've gotten better. Um, you've certainly changed my life for the better. Um, and certainly understanding my values have helped me to make those decisions a little bit more easier. Um, look, I, one of the things that I also enjoy doing is helping others. And whether that's through service in my community, my church, within the workplace, or just within my network, you know, I'm always willing to kind of figure out where I can be of support. But that is exhausting at times, right? And there are also spaces that I have had to accept that I've outgrown. And so for me, I don't want to sit and take up space where we should really be making spaces space for other people. I've had to evaluate whether or not something is going to be a good use of my time or if it's going to benefit someone in a very specific way. It's, you know, it's been a journey for me because I typically, I'm a people pleaser. And I think that's the other thing I've had to recognize about myself. Like I never want to let 
anyone down no matter what. And I will wear myself out to make someone else happy. And I realized that that wasn't healthy because I also experienced burnout for a short stint. And in that moment, I had to go through that alone, right? And, and really think through, are these the things that you should be focusing on? What are the things that are going to be the most impactful? What's going to help you find the balance? What's going to help you kind of get to the next step? And what are the things that you really need to leave behind? And so for me, a lot of the decisions that I've made within the last couple of years is to step back from a lot of grassroots initiatives, a lot of community-focused work, which I had been previously involved in. That's how I met my husband, actually. And we're both kind of cut from the same cloth where we're just like, yeah, we've got to save the world. And it's like, um, there are other people out there equipped to help in the journey. But for me, I really had to find the balance between the things that were happening outside of my, my house um, and outside of my career and really start to focus on myself because I had neglected myself for so many years and didn't even realize it. You know, I would look at taking a nap as just like this huge kind of like moment in my life when it's like, no, you should be sleeping regularly right? You should be eating on time. You should not be eating at like five o'clock or trying to cobble together all three of your meals by five o'clock. And so I've had to really take a step back and really, you know, refocus. Um, and that's a, that's a daily challenge. Um, and it required me saying no to projects. It required me saying no to events, whether or not it was local or flying across the globe, which I love doing, but sometimes it's not realistic. And it had, it, it required me saying no to people and sometimes even not giving an explanation. Cause I think sometimes for me too, it's always like, oh, I've got to like validate why I'm not doing this. And like, no is a word period. And, um, being feeling empowered to do that and feeling more confident to do that has been has been amazing to be quite honest with you I wear less concealer because of it (laughs) I love what you said before about you you almost changed what mattered most to you in the in the evolution of you know your career of the world of all the things and it felt like I got to I was like a, a front row Uh, in the front row watching that as you kind of dug into your values. So let's talk about that. I, I feel like, you know, the, the community space and like, that was a value of yours for, for so long. But at one point when we were working together, that was a tension. It's like, Hey, should I be there? Or is it okay to evolve in this other space? And what does that mean for me? What does that mean for how I show up, what I say yes to, what I say no to? Um, and how does that like, how does that get kind of ranked in some of the, or in some of your values now? So it's almost like the values evolution of Alicia as you kind of yeah. grow your career and grow your life. No, yeah. Community impact, I think probably sat at the very top next to my faith. And I think it's slowly made its way to the bottom because there were other things that I started to explore. I'm like, the question I started asking myself, what what makes me happy? And what is it that I am passionate about? And how do I bring all of these things together? And it's not to say that servicing my community doesn't make me happy, but it, it wore me out. And it was something that I had done for so long that I'm like, I need a pause. Like I need to press pause. And so my values are really rooted in my faith my self-care and now having creative impact. And I think that's where the community impact started to evolve. 
I was missing the thing that I was most passionate about. And it was the ability to be creative, taking my skills, taking my passion, taking the things that I'm super confident about, and then using it as a vehicle to then have influence over a number of different areas. And I think that for me was very pivotal because the work that I was doing in my community was important, but it wasn't always satisfying. And I don't think I was always able, like putting my best foot forward because I wasn't showing up as my full self. And now for me, that is super important. Um, anything that I touch, I always kind of assess it from that lens. Like, does it align with my values? And it's a weird thing that I do because I'm so comfortable with them now that I really think about it. It's like, all right, where does it fit across the spectrum? And if if I have to kind of like rationalize, I'm like, well, maybe it's not the right thing for me to be focusing on, or maybe this isn't the right area. Let's reevaluate and kind of think that through. So, you know, and it's a beautiful thing to be able to experience this evolution because it, for me, I'm, I'm learning. It's really showing the growth that I didn't think I was doing. I didn't think I was growing. I didn't think that I was making progress, but looking at it through that lens um, certainly reassured me that I was on the right path and that I needed to embrace the little wins and so that's, that's been amazing, an amazing journey for me as well. So let's talk about how you kind of did that work and how you have evolved to be able to, to make, because I love the tangible aspect to all of it. So you've been kind of on this journey of self-awareness, self-discovery, personal and professional growth, figuring out what that means in life and career. We started working together. What has it been a couple of years ago? We started in a kind of what one-on-one capacity. Has it been two years? I don't even. It's probably been two longer. years, maybe 21 or yeah. 20, I, somewhere during the pandemic when yeah. I had way too much time on my hands. <laughs> uh. And yeah, so we started working and you got on this kind of, we got you on the path of identifying values and then like really understanding them, that evolution of clarity and what those mean and really tactically putting it into practice on like some of these, like just everyday things. Right. Um, And so tell me about what that journey has been like in terms of identifying values and then putting them into practice. Yeah, look, I would say the first step that I needed to take was prioritizing me. And prioritizing me meant putting my money where my mouth was and investing in myself. And trust me, when so when I was first introduced to you and I learned about the coaching program, I was like, oh my God, this looks amazing. Like this is something that I need to do. I'm like, oh, I made every excuse in the book as to why I couldn't do it time, resources, it just can't, I'm too tired, is it effective? You know, because you you hear about, you know, all of these coaching programs and people who believe they're experts. But I, I think for me, it was a mindset shift. I needed to do this to save myself. I needed to carve out the time for me. And so that meant blocking off my calendar, right? investing in the time, showing up for myself, and then making sure that the people around me knew how important this was. Uh, And so that meant my household, my family, my close friends, which I like refer to sometimes as my board of directors, and even my employer. Like, no, I can't come to this meeting or participate in this because I have a commitment for the next six or seven months. And so that's where I needed to start 
because it probably could have gone in the opposite direction where I probably would have committed. And then had, if had I not been intentional, it probably would have gone left. Um, and I was sick and tired of wasting my own time. I think that's something that I did for years, wasted my own time. I would say I would do something and then I would literally not commit halfway through. And so it was almost time for me to do uh, a me set. And there's a, there's a wonderful book about that. Um, but essentially doing that and then doing the work. So actually committing to diving deep into my soul and having some truth moments, whether I liked them or not, and then accepting my truth for what it was. I think a lot of times throughout my life, I have either tried to fit into this construct of what I thought I needed to be or what society said I needed to be. Um, being a woman and then being a woman of color, that's even harder. And for me, I, I needed to spend more time with myself. And that's what I did. And I was able to now identify these values. I'm like, oh, all of these things are important, but like there are three that really make me feel good. And I think they're th these three things, which again, it's, you know, my faith, my self-care, and then now having creative impact in whatever I do. Like these are the things that literally wake me up in the morning. They keep me alive. They keep me focused. And they they help me to be the best version of me that I can be on a day-to-day -day basis. And this just, it doesn't just apply in the workplace, but across my entire life. So everything I touch, I literally show up as this person who puts their faith above everything else, who prioritizes their self in the process. But anything I touch, I want to make sure that the things that I'm really, really good at translates through those experiences and it's been a journey it literally sitting in my office with the lights off like you know meditating or writing things down or spending time with myself or even getting feedback from people which was the hardest hearing how other people perceive you or their thoughts is like a frightening thing and it's something that terrified me but I needed to to hear it and then I took from it what I needed and discarded what I didn't but I think even it helps me to get over some of my fears. I'm so terrified of people's perception of me. It's not even like, I'm not even being funny, but that was something I needed. I needed other voices. I needed another perspective to help me kind of shape what mine would look like in the end. I love the spending time with yourself and you did prioritize it. Like you absolutely prioritized it. You came to our meetings consistently and with topics and working through the worksheets and and all of the things to get through some of those, um, like you said, some of those limiting beliefs um, to where now you can absolutely, and you do, I see you make like the everyday decisions, but also the strategic decisions on like where your strengths overlie, even some of the work we just, uh, maybe we can talk about that. We just did this exercise where you were working through, you know, your priorities for the next kind of quarter. You even used your values there. I did. I did. I needed to, again, prioritizing myself in the journey is key. It's so important. And I never, ever want to get to a state where I felt like I did two, three years ago, burnt out, overwhelmed, barely surviving the day. And so I'm like, how do I take preventative measures to keep and, you know, keep the balance and find the balance when I need to? So, yeah, I mean, literally called Laura up and I'm just like, 
I think I'm about to be overwhelmed. Can we just like do a pause and look at all of the things? And, you know, it was just, it was a cathartic feeling to just kind of dump everything on paper and then really, again, have truth moments. Are these things that you should own? Should you be delegating them to others? And delegating your work doesn't, you know, create this perception that you're not competent or capable. It just means that you're smart enough to identify the people that should be owning it. And so going through that has provided me even more, like more of a breath of fresh air. It's summer. I also want to enjoy the summer. I don't want to be bogged down doing a bunch of things that are not meaningful. It's beautiful in New York. I want to enjoy that. I want to spend time with my family. I also want to have the most impact, right? And so kind of assessing where I was spending my time at this juncture was critical. And it's something that I I hope to continue to do regularly. Um, and I, I feel a little bit more empowered now to probably make those decisions um, as I go along. And but, but sometimes it's okay to just pause and reflect and have those honest conversations and you know really make the decisions that are, are gonna be best for you and everyone else around you. I loved when you knew that you you needed, hey, help me walk through this. Like yeah. this idea of, I remember, so you're now in a new role in um, commercial real estate. And so you joined our um, group coaching program. And yeah. so you joined one of our calls and you were like, hey, I need to work through this. And yeah. so that's what we did. I love that you knew enough yeah. that you had questions about, Hey, this is coming up for me and I need like a sounding board. I think that's exactly why we have those spaces. And I hope that that, you know, created the space for you to do that. But then you were the one that worked through the tools and you did it on your own. And so I loved, um, I love seeing that you knew that you needed to set those boundaries that you had to prioritize and I loved seeing you work through your values to make sure that you brought the most energy to the work and then delegated other things to other people who would bring other energy to that work. Yeah. And look, I, I think maybe two years ago, I would have perceived that to be a vulnerable moment or failure. It's like, I can't manage. I'm, you know, I, I can't do the things that I'm expected to do. And it's like, no one expects you to like do the most right? It's like, it's okay. It's okay to pause. It's okay to reevaluate. It's okay to step back. It's okay to be vocal about what that looks like for you. Um, before, I think I would have just eaten it. I would have just tried to figure it out. And then I'd be face down on my couch somewhere, just like too tired to do anything. And I refuse to go back to that life. It's not healthy. It's not productive. And there's just, you know, it's just, it's not a, it's not a way to live. And so I, I feel empowered now. Um, and it's good to have people around you that support, you know, I think I look at the the group coaching as like group therapy, it's just like, we're all here holding hands. And it's good to know that there are other people either at the same level or higher or lower that are experiencing the same things. And so having community, I think, around these ideas and really being able to inspire and share and influence um, just how we all navigate through this process has been wonderful. It's been refreshing. Um, it's been reassuring that I'm on the right path and that I, you know, am doing all of the things that I need to be doing and I'm not a failure or having these limiting beliefs that I think I'd sat with for so many years. 
Yeah, I um I love being on our calls because we have a focus for each of our our group coaching calls. We get to hear from each other individually. You guys share your experiences. And every call, I think I know what, you know, I'll facilitate it and I'll, you know, coach you all. You'll coach each other, ask questions. And I always think, okay, this is what we're going to focus on. And then sometimes it's not that at all. And I love that because something else comes up, but there's always a theme. Like at the end of it, it's like, wow, like we didn't know it was going to go there, but like there's, you know, a theme of, you know, self-care is more important in this season or, you know, how to deal with conflict, how to show up in the way you think you need to versus the way other people think you need to. And it's, um, it's always just so beautiful to see, um, all of you opening up and sharing each other's experiences to your point. Like you're, you're not alone. And regardless of your level, there are other people feeling that same way. Yeah. 1000%. But, um, I, I want to ask you about how did you know that and how did you make the decision? You said you you decided to actually make a decision, like a very intentional decision to spend the time and money on your own development. What was that like before? And what is what was that kind of mindset? Like, how do you know you're ready to do that? I think I've gotten to a stage at the time in my life where I was spending a ridiculous amount of time with myself. This was during the pandemic where I did not have a laundry list of professional and social activities. Uh, you know, on a on a regular day pre-pandemic, we were everywhere. Networking events, fundraisers, galas, you name it. There's just a host of things that I was spending my time doing for for a number of years. And during the pandemic, I was home a lot. It was like once work was over. Was forced to like live with myself, and for the most part, I I love myself. You know, I love who I am. But I there were things that I just didn't like that I was doing to myself, and that meant me not always prioritizing me, as I mentioned before. And I, I looked at it. Look, I there there are certain things in this world that I can't live without, such as like my cup of Starbucks every morning, and I do not get coffee, which is the most interesting part. I get chai, um, but essentially. Getting my cup of chai every morning was a thing, you know, spending time going to concerts and different experiences and events was a thing. Like I invested in these things because they made me happy. And I had this like aha moment after talking with one of my friends who worked very closely with you. And she was like, well, have you considered coaching? And I was like, coaching? Like, isn't that something my employer should pay for? And she was like, well, yeah, but also if you needed to invest in yourself, that's an option for you. And so, you know, you and I connected. And again, I mean, just hearing the program, I think was enough to attract me to it. But I literally had to make that decision with myself. Like you've, you've got to figure out how to prioritize you because no one else will. Your employer won't do it. Your social network won't do it. Your professional network won't do it. They can give you the tools and resources. But it's certainly up to you to make that decision. And I had tried everything. I, you know, you talk to friends, you can Google something and try to make sense of it. But I really needed to spend time with someone who, one, was willing to get to know me um, and all of my quirks, right? Because they're the, they're the things that make me make me special. And so I needed someone who's going to invest time into that. 
um, and create a space for me to have this open dialogue for me to reach as deep as I needed to, to then start to kind of work backwards on some of the, the nuances in my life. I also invested um, my time in getting a therapist. I think I was like, why haven't I done this? So I was going to these coaching sessions with you. And then, so these were on Wednesdays, right? I'd carve out time on Wednesdays, an hour. And then on Fridays, I would talk to my therapist and the lines started to come together. It was like, oh my God, this is a lot, but in a very good way. I, you know, started to just reflect on my life and the decisions that I made and the things that I felt. In West Indian culture, you don't have feelings. Parents aside, I mean, my mom has always been the lovey-dovey, you know, hug, you're my baby kind of thing. But the community of West Indian culture didn't always foster this idea of having feelings. And so even for me, I had dealt with a lot of my feelings alone and not having community to support me through that. And these were all things that I needed to reflect on, work on, and then figure out how do you build community to help foster that. And so I felt like I I went into this like transformation chamber over the last two years, which has now set me up to making self-care and prioritizing myself almost second nature. If it doesn't serve me, then I no longer do it. I don't want to participate in it um, because I had neglected myself for too long. And I think I was waiting for someone to come and save me when I needed to save myself. And so, yeah, look, I was like, if you want to give me a Christmas gift, you can fund my, my coaching program. Everyone laughed, including my husband, but we figured it out, right? Um, and it was something important to me because I invested in everything else. I invested in my chai, invested in experiences, as I mentioned. I love to shop, but I needed to to pause, do a reset and really kind of shift gears for a minute. And I'm I'm so happy I did. Oh my goodness. I'm getting all the feels like the, you saved yourself. I am so proud of you. Like just seeing you grow in your role at when you're in tech is when we started working together. I saw you, you would come to our meetings. You'd be like, well, they gave me a bigger team. I'm like, and so let's talk about that. And, and, and you can, your career literally grew before our eyes. And then you moved into a bigger role now in, in commercial real estate. And you're like, there's more and my scope has increased again and I'm doing all these things. And so it, it's just been such a, I, I've been able to be a witness to this and it's not surprising at all. And I just saw a, a post on LinkedIn. I'll, I'll look to see who it is and I'll share with you. But it, it was like, um, it's something that you said earlier, like I've been very blessed. I've been very lucky. And, and I would say you haven't been lucky. You're you and you're doing these things. And I want you to take credit for that because it's not by chance. It's not by coincidence. You're just really good at what you do. And it's not just the outcomes that you get. It's how you lead. It's how you solve problems. It's how you show up and you've done all of this work and it has, and regardless of the professional accolades and the, you know, promotions that you get, like you've just grown so much as a person. Um, I've just, I've loved witnessing it, but you, you did it. Like yeah. you support it. You built the, the support around you with our work together, 
with therapy, with spending time with friends and family and all of the organizations that you, um, that you prioritize. And I love that, um, you realize that you needed to be your own advocate and you did that. Like you said, like you can wait for your manager, you can wait for your, your partner, your spouse, you can wait for your community, but you stepped in and advocated for yourself. And it's so funny. I was just laughing in my head because if you can think back to when we first started working together, anytime you shine the light on me, like you did this and you're amazing. I've had this aversion where I wanted to disappear into the wall. And I'm like, yeah, I did do that. I did. That was all, that was me. Cause I was smart enough to get the right people in my orbit to help me navigate the process. And you've been such an integral part of that process to where I'm even, when I was going through my transition um, between tech and commercial real estate, I'm like, Laura, help me. I don't know what to do. Help me get my life. And so I, I really appreciate you for um, being very supportive of me. I think our our relationship has certainly evolved. And, you know, even Brand is like, have you spoken to Laura? What, did she, what does she think? And I'm like, wow. <laughs> did that yesterday. Um, but you, you, you've grown to be a very important part of my, my journey. And so I want to say thank you, um, for that. Well, it's been an honor to be a a part of your journey. I just have loved seeing your journey of self-discovery, um, and then really just putting it into practice. Like it, again, it is not a coincidence that like, great things are happening because you're, you're amazing at what you do and, and how you, not just the, what you do, but the, how you do it. And so you stepping into this role uh, in the way that you are. And then like, what, I guess my next question is, what do you think is next? What are you most excited about? And what are you, um, what are you most looking forward to? I don't know. That's something I always ask myself of like, where do you think you'll, you'll go next? I'm like, Oh, not quite sure. I do know that um, in this journey, both professionally and, and personally, you know, community aside, I think I'm I'm starting to now think about how do I, again, whatever work I have, how does it evolve beyond the four walls and translate into social impact? Um, and so I'm getting a chance to do some of that work at, at CBRE, um, which is exciting. But, you know, I don't know. I think wherever the wind blows, I will go. Um, again, being open to the possibilities, you know, in addition to reading your book about values, there's a book called Find Your Fire by um, Terry Broussard Williams that I have literally been reading for the last three years. It's an easy read. Um, however, it's been the thing that it, it, there's so many different stories about so many different experiences and what people are doing um, that has been a, certainly an inspiration for me. And so I'm like, whatever it is that I touch next, I think I will start to see that third value come to life a little bit more. It's like the people, you know, social impact, creative impact, that all morphing together to be something um, very meaningful. I'm also in that stage of my career where I feel like I now have a little bit of, you know, I have options. I have options to really write what that that next experience looks like. Um, and so again, I'm I'm open to the possibilities. I, you know, I don't want to limit myself. And um, I'm just gonna keep riding the waves and, and see where it takes me. I love it. Well, thank you so, so much for sharing your career story and your values evolution with us today. I I just so 
Um, love sharing this space with you. And I know that I'll see you soon because we have a group coaching call soon. <laughs> yes, we do, which is on my calendar and I'll have my snacks ready and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, thank you again. Thank you. I want to thank you so much for listening to the You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. If you are enjoying this content, please remember to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. By leaving a review, you are helping others find this content. We will be featuring five-star reviews on air in upcoming episodes. Editing and support for the podcast is done by S&E Podcast Management. To get more tips and tools to help you live a life guided by your values, go to thecatchgroup.com. Keep your boundaries and take care.